Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Thanks worship team. Thanks for leading us in worship this morning. Amen. Some of you might feel a bit ripped off with the worship, uh, but don't worry. You're going to get your share this morning. Don't worry. We'll come back to... Um some worship in just a few moments. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Exodus. Exodus chapter Exodus chapter 25. And I want to read a couple of verses, verses 8 and 9. How's everybody doing this morning? You okay? It's great to have you in church. It's great to be in church to glorify and worship God. Amen. Exodus chapter 25. Two verses I want to read. Verse 8 and then verse 9. Word of God says, Then have them make me a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern that I will show you. Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern that I will show you. Let's pray. So, Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for this gathering, and thank you that your word is anointed. Every time we open up your word, uh, Father, you speak to us. Let our hearts be open to receive from you today. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation in our hearts that we may be able to understand and know your word. This is our prayer, Lord God, today. Let there be nothing in me that hinders this word, bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak, to hear the word of God today, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Uh, well, this is the final message in a series, uh, Will You Not Revive Us Again? We've been in the series over the last few weeks, and uh, over the last few weeks, we've looked at a, a, a series or three characteristics uh, of, uh, of all uh, the revivals that have happened uh, in days gone by. We've said that in every revival, there's always been uh, a group of people that have cried out to God, that have sought the presence of God. In every revival, one of the characteristics of all the revivals that we've seen in history, they always began with a group of people crying out to God and seeking the face of God. There's always been a return to consecration and to holiness. Um, and there's always been a renewed passion to reach those who are far from God. As people spend time in the presence of God, God begins to speak to them about the things that need to change in their lives. It's not condemnation. It's the conviction, the gentle conviction of the Holy Spirit that says, you know, walk in this way. There's this area that needs to change. And, and as we begin to respond to the leadings of the Holy Spirit, then God begins to speak to us about the burden that's on His heart, what it, what it, what it is that, that concerns the heart of God, which is above all else, reaching those uh, who are far from God. If we want to see a move of God, it begins by seeking God. And it begins by crying out to God. 
and of all of and, and of all of these, and of all of these three characteristics of of these three qu- qualities and uh, characteristics of revivals, for me the most important one is the first one, which is crying out to God, because it's kind of the the, the one that 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 begins the process of 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 consecration, and then and then God downloading what's on His heart in our lives. It's it begins by people praying and seeking God. That's what I want to speak about today. It's what I want to what I want to talk about and dive a little bit deeper in this area about how we can seek God and cry out to God. Here's what I believe. I believe most of us know how to pray. Most of us know uh, uh, the power of prayer, the importance of prayer, the need for prayer. We know that when we pray, coincidences happen. Can I hear an amen? Something changes when we begin to pray. When we begin to cry out to God, something begins to shift in our hearts and in our lives. We know that behind a lot of issues in the natural is a, is a spiritual issue, and it's as we begin to tackle it in the spiritual area that the natural begins to change. So often our temptation is to try to change or maneuver what's going on in the natural realm, but the greatest thing that we need to do is actually go into the presence of God and begin to cry out to God and seek the face of God. Jesus said, whatever you bind in the Spirit is, 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 is bind, it's bound in the heavens as well. So, so we, 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 need to, we need to bind... Uh, in the spiritual realm, and in so doing, we feel the, the consequences in the natural realm as well. Now, the problem for many of us is, we know we need to pray, the importance of prayer, uh, the power of prayer, but many of us just don't know how to pray. Um, the thought of praying for five minutes might be okay, but after that, what do you say? How do you feel the time? Um, 15 minutes? You've got to be joking. <laughs> 30 minutes? An hour? What am I going to do? What am I going to say for one hour uh, in prayer? We have no idea how to do that. Here's the thing. We will never see revival if we don't turn the heat up on prayer. Uh, I remember when we had Vicky Simpson uh, share at the beginning of December, she said, uh, you know, I saw, I saw uh, the flame, you know, on a stove kind of just, just, just heating up, just the flame going up. You turn the dial and the heat goes up. And, 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 and if we want to see a revival, if we want to see a move of God, if we want to see God move in the supernatural, uh, supernatural, I believe that the heat needs to go up in the area of prayer. So what I want to do today is I actually want to teach us how to pray. The Bible says this about Moses. The Bible says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. How many would like that kind of a relationship with God? How many of us would like the kind of a relationship with God where God speaks to us face to face like like we speak to people? I'm convinced that if we knew how to pray, that if we could hear the voice of the Spirit, that if we could enjoy fellowship with the Lord, if we would experience the presence of God, if we would begin to see our prayers answered, we would come back for more. So many of us think that prayer is something we need to endure. Oh, prayer is telling us to pray again. Oh. Uh, and I don't want prayer to be like that. I want, I want prayer to be something I can't wait to spend more time in the presence of God. And I I believe if we would experience the presence of God, if we would experience what Moses was experiencing, we would be back for more. And that's, that's my prayer. 
Bible says about Jabez and Jabez was born, his name meant pain. And, and so he prays, oh Lord, that you would bless me, enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me and protect me from him. And the Bible, and I love, I love the next verse and it says, and the Lord answered his prayer. If we, if we would begin to see the Lord answer our prayer, if we would be, begin to see transformation, if we would be, begin to see things change in our families, our marriage, as a result of prayer, we would be back for more. My desire for you is that you would love prayer, that you would enjoy prayer. It's true of prayer. It's life group. Like, you know, a lot of us belong to life groups. And, and uh, uh, you know, my, the thought in my head is always, well, I, I pray that life, would be so, life group would be so exciting that you, you're going to come back for more next week. Oh, there's a life group again this week already. Oh, man, i got to go. No, I don't want to be like that. Amen. Come on, you know, amen. Well, one of the ways your life group's going to change is start to pray for the group. Come on. Start to pray. Oh God, would you move amongst us in the name of Jesus? Oh God, would you bring us closer? Start to pray for the individuals in the life group and watch the life group begin to change. Watch the dynamics begin to change in that group. My prayer is that you would grow in your relationship with God through prayer. I believe that our primary purpose in life is intimacy with God. It's closeness with God. It's to know God. With all, it's to worship God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's, that's our primary mission in life. And, 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 and the way we, we, uh, we, we do that is through prayer. Prayer is the language of intimacy. Prayer is how we get closer to God. If we're going to develop a time of prayer, we need to do three things. We need to make it a priority. We, 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 we need to put this into our schedule somehow. You know, the, the, the important things are in our schedule. Um, we never say, oh, I'm too busy to eat today. I won't eat. There's always time to eat, isn't there? <laughs> always. We need to make prayer a priority. We need to choose a place and a time. And then we need to have a plan, a structure for prayer. Three things. Make it a priority. Find a place. Have a plan for how you're going to pray. So what I want to do today is teach you a structure and a pattern for praying. For praying. And the thought for this message comes from a book by Chris Hodges entitled Pray First. You should write that down and I encourage you to buy that book. I think you can download a snippet of it off of our website. We've created a link uh, to this particular or an aspect of this particular book. I um, encourage you to read it. There's also an app called Pray First that will also guide you through your prayer as well and guide you through some of the things I'm going to teach you today. The disciples asked Jesus two questions. One was, Lord, increase my faith. It's a prayer that I pray every single day. Lord, increase my faith. Well, if the disciples prayed for it, how much more do we need to pray? Oh God, increase my faith. As I prayed this morning, I said, I, I, I said, uh, you know, Lord, we don't want to be like the town where Jesus grew up in, where Jesus was unable to do any miracles. Why? Because there was no faith. I pray there would be faith amongst us. Can I hear in a man in the name of Jesus? That if we could measure faith, I, I would pray that it would continue to go up and up. That every time we gather together, we gather not just because we're meeting with a person or this worship team or the church, but above all else, we're meeting with Jesus. Can I hear an amen? It's where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. I pray that that doesn't become just a cliche, but it, comes a, it becomes a revelation in our hearts that above all else, we're meeting with God. And when God is present, anything can happen. Anything can happen. 
The disciples prayed, Lord, increase my faith. And the other thing they prayed or they said, they asked was, Lord, teach us how to pray. Of all the things that they saw in Jesus, they didn't say, teach us how to do miracles, teach us how to preach, teach us how to speak. They, they said, Lord, teach us how. They saw something in Jesus that they, they knew that his lifestyle was a direct result of his prayer. And so they prayed. And so they asked, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, if the disciples ask Jesus to teach them how to pray, it means that prayer is something that we need to learn. It, sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to go into the presence of God and it's just going to come and it's all, I'm just going to free flow for an hour. Now, some, some of you will, some of you might. That's maybe some of you the way you work. But, but, but ultimately, prayer is something we learn. It's be like marriage. Some people think we're going we're gonna to get married and we're just going to always be in love. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> How many couples that have been married one or two years know that's not true? And all the couples said, Man, that was a loud amen. Where's your you need to pray? How many people understand that you need to learn something about marriage? You need to learn. Yes, there's the feelings, but, but it's, it comes from the doing and the learning and, and it's a byproduct of that. The same with prayer. We just assume I'm just going to go into the presence of God and just, it's just going to suddenly just begin to come out. Well, it's not going to happen. We need to learn how to pray. Jesus then teaches them a prayer and he's, he teaches them the Our Father. Lord's Prayer was never meant to be a prayer to repeat. It was taught as a model, a structure to guide us in our prayer time, a pattern, a process for prayer. Each aspect of the prayer teaches us. Our Father, what does that teach us? It teaches us about relationship. We come into the presence of God. We're not, we're not coming to a God that is farther away. We come to God as our Father. It's, it's the best translation is Daddy, Daddy. It's Abba Father. It's, it's, Jesus would have said, Abba Father. Something's happening in the heavenly realm. Something's going on. It's going to be a good Sunday. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, begins with worship. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's submission. Hey, Lord, before I even ask for anything, I, I want you to know that what's most important for me is your will. Not my will, your will. If your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me up from here. Don't, don't, don't bring me somewhere unless you come with me. Give us this day our daily bread. It's where we present our needs. Um, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive me, Lord, and help me to forgive those that have hurt me. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. We finish with worship. Protect us from harm, and then we finish off with worship. There's a whole bunch of, that's a model, by the way. That's a model that you can use in prayer. Break it up into those uh, seven or so different, different aspects. Begin with, Lord, I just love you for who you are. And, and, and then begin with worship and begin to worship God and so on and so on. If you're looking for a structure for prayer, the Lord's Prayer is a great structure that's going to help you in your prayer time. There's a whole bunch of these models that you can use. ACTS is another one, A-C-T-S. It's an acronym. It's begin with adoration, A, adoration. C, it's confession. T, thanksgiving. S, supplication. Uh, you heard me preach one particular time on WWJD. It's one of the prayers that I pray every single day. What does W stand for? W is we pray for wisdom and understanding. The other W, uh, the will of God. I just want to do your will, Lord God. J, help me to be like Jesus. 
D, do something with my life. Use me for your glory, oh God. And I've since added a few others around, around that. We can pray through the Psalms, grab a Psalm, every verse, pray through it. There's so many structures and processes that we can use to pray. Today, I want to teach you another model for prayer, and it's called the tabernacle prayer. It's the tabernacle prayer. It's a great model for prayer. And just to give you a bit of background to the tabernacle of Moses, Moses and the Israelites had come out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea, went to Mount Sinai, where they got the Ten Commandments. They were heading to the Promised Land. Should have taken a few days, took 40 years. As they wandered in the desert, God instructed them to build a tabernacle. We read it in our text. He said to the, he said to, he said to them, to the people of Israel, build the tabernacle and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Notice the purpose of the tabernacle. It's God says, build the tabernacle because I want to dwell among you. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. Later on in, in, in Exodus 29, 42, he speaks, continues to speak about this. And he says, and there I'll meet with you and there I'll speak with you. God wants to be present amongst his people. But not only that, God wants to meet with us and God wants to speak to us. By his grace and for his glory. It's God's desire to dwell among his people. But more than that, God wants to speak to us. And he wants to meet with us. You know, you can imagine you might be in the presence of, we can't use the queen anymore, but we could use the king. <laughs> you know, the king could be present in a room. That's one thing. But he could then meet with us. And he could then speak to us. It just, it just speaks of levels of intimacy. And God wants to speak to us from his heart. Tabernacle was portable, could easily be set up and packed down. The temple was the building. Here's a picture of the tabernacle. There it is. <laughs> uh, there's the outer, it's divided into three sections. There's the outer court. Uh, and in the outer court, there were two pieces of furniture. Then there's the holy place. Then there's the, the section that's covered uh, under the tent. That's divided into two places. Um, uh, in, there's the holy place. Uh, or the tent of meeting, and this had three pieces of furniture, and then there's the Holy of Holies. And what separated the holy place from the Holy of Holies was a veil, was a thick curtain. Now, in order for people to access the presence of God, there were some things they had needed to do. They couldn't just enter into the presence of God. The presence of God was in the Holy of Holies. That's where they met with God and spoke with God. But they couldn't just enter there. In fact, it was only the high priest that could enter the Holy, the holy of Holies and only once a year. Um... Now, we need to know that in the New Testament, that we can enter in to the presence of God at any time. Can I hear an amen? When Jesus was crucified on the cross, the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, the Bible says, was torn in two. And as a result of that, we can enter into the presence of God at any time. Hebrews says this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of grief. We can enter into the holy of holies. We don't have to go through a whole series of things. We can enter into the holy of holies with confidence, knowing that we can find mercy and grace in time of need. But here's what I believe. That the principles of the tabernacle still apply. And if we honour the protocol, the process or the pattern of the tabernacle, I believe it will help us experience the presence of God 
in a deeper and more profound way. How many people know that our relationship can go, with God can grow? Can I hear an amen? How many people know that our relationship with God can go deeper? Lana and I have been married uh, 34 years. <laughs> Doing some quick mental arithmetic there. I do remember. And, you know, we've been married 34 years. We know each other. But I know that we can, we're still finding out things about each other. A lot of good things, though. Nothing bad. We're not finding bad, bad. It's just all good. But, but, but I know uh, that our relationship can, can continue to grow. Married couples know this. You know, you, your relationship with each other could be at a certain level, but it can go deeper. So too our relationship with God can go deeper. And I believe if, if we honour the protocol or the pattern of the tabernacle, it's going to help us to go deeper with God and know Him in a more profound way. So this morning, I want to teach seven steps to accessing the presence of God. How are we doing for time? We're not doing well. Um, and you can go through these seven steps in seven minutes. Pastor Joe, what am I going to pray for seven minutes? I don't know. Well, these seven steps, one minute each, are going to help you pray for seven minutes or 15 minutes. That's two minutes on each step. Or 30 minutes. That's four minutes on each step. Or one hour. The mathematicians can do the rest. Just a warning. Today's going to be a little bit different. Some of you are settling into that comfortable seat. But this morning's going to be much more practical. We're going to do a few things. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. As we go through these steps, we're going to stand at different times. Um, we're going to do a bit of exercise as well this morning. And we're going to break bread as well during this time. My, my prayer is... That just like the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies once a time, I pray that we would enter into the presence of God. That as we go through these steps, this pattern, that we would, that we would enter into the presence of God. That God would fill this house with his glory like he did with the Holy of Holies. Can I hear an amen? Are we ready? Let's do it. First step in prayer begins with the outer court. It's where we give thanks to God. You'll notice at the front here, there's the entrance gate. Our prayer time should always begin with thanksgiving. The Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. In this step, it's where we give thanks to God for all the good things that he's done in our lives. Thankful and grateful spirit is so important in our walk with God. Spirit of ingratitude only sees what everyone else has and what we don't have. A spirit of ingratitude is, is, uh, is one of the great sins that God mentions of the people of Israel alongside idolatry and fornication and, and all of those. One of the sins was ingratitude. Gratitude is so important. Because a spirit of ingratitude causes us to only see what everybody else has. Grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. That's true for my, that's my neighbours. They've got greener grass than me. We only see what everybody else has and we never appreciate what we do have. And so again and again, the Bible calls us, teaches us to have a thankful spirit. And so we begin our time of prayer with thanksgiving. 
We enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And so we begin to thank God. Lord, I thank you for life. I thank you for breath. I thank you for my spouse. I thank you for my children. I thank you for my family. I thank you for health. I thank you for, for my home, for this nation, for work, for church, for friends, for faith, for salvation, for the word of God. How many times have we said, thank you, God, that I'm in the house of God this morning? How many times do we say thank you to God for that? For salvation, for faith. We could be far away from God. We could have had a stubborn heart that says, oh, I'm not changing for no one. Somehow God in His grace and mercy opened our eyes so that we could come to know Him as our Lord and Saviour. And that's just, that's enough right there. It's enough. I don't need anything else. Thank God for the Word of God. Thank God for the Holy Spirit for helping me through that trial. And the list goes on and on and on. You could write out all the blessings on a piece of paper and, and, and just write them all out. Do the discipline, write it all out. And in this section one, you could just spend one hour thanking God for all the things He's done in your life. That's it, we're done in an hour, we're done. We need to cultivate an attitude of gratefulness and thanksgiving. Psalm 103, praise the Lord, all my soul, all my inmost being, praise His holy name, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Why does the psalmist say that? Because we forget all of His benefits. We become familiar with the presence of God. We walk into our house, we push the roller door button and the roller door goes up and we drive in smooth with our nice car into a nice house. We flick the air conditioner on and we sleep on a nice bed. We got money in our pocket to go away. We do all of this stuff here. And how many times do we thank God? That's why the tithe was so important. Tithe was never about the money. It was always about a recognition that I am where I am by the grace of God. And so I give the first portion to God. The, 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 the Israelites had to bring their first portion to God. And they had to say, well, my family were Armenians and we were, we were wandering here and there. And then we went to Egypt and we were slaves. But God in His mercy delivered us from slavery. And He's blessed us. He's brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey. And here's a portion of it for you, oh God. It's never about the money. It's always about remembering. Psalm 34, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall always be on my lips. Dad always used to say, give glory to God. <laughs> Are you giving glory to God? Colossians, and whatever you do, whether the word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Begin your time of prayer with thanksgiving. Be grateful for what God has done in your life. So here's what we're going to do. Musicians here, they're going to play in the background for us for just a couple of minutes. Now I just want you to pause. Time out. And I just want you to, in your mind, just go through the blessings of God. A couple of minutes. Just say thank you, God. Some space on your pen if you want to write them down on the piece of paper. But I just want you to, just in your mind, just sit quietly, individually, just spend a couple of minutes. I want you to thank God for all the things He's done in your life. I want you to thank God for all the great things that He's done in your life. Amen.
us a grateful to God for the great things that he's done. Come on, church. Amen. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a clap offering. He's worthy of praise. As you enter the tabernacle, the first piece of furniture you came across was the brazen altar. This is where you would see the sacrifice of animals. You would see uh, dead animals. There would be blood everywhere. There it is right there. It reminded us that the blood had to be shed for the remission of sins. It reminded us that something had to die to pay the price for our sins. And it was never uh, the desire of God that this is the way it would be. It was always a type of what was to come. And we thank God we don't do that in the New Testament. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> and the reason why is because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. He paid the penalty for our, he was the ultimate sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice. And therefore, we no longer have to sacrifice animals to be able to enter into the presence of God. The Bible says this in Romans, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. It's at this point of our prayer that we pause and reflect on what the cross means to us, that it's the blood of Jesus that enables us to enter into the presence of God. Psalm 103 goes on to say, uh, it goes on to say, it says, who forgives all your sins. It's a powerful scripture. As you're praying, here's a scripture that you can actually use, Psalm 103. It says, who forgives all your sins. It's kind of there where we stop and say, thank you, Jesus. I, I thank you that you forgive all of my sins. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that my eyes were open to Christ. I thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. It's a, it's a spot where we can pause and confess our sins to God, knowing that Jesus is the one that forgives us. Verse goes on to say, and heals all, all your diseases. Thank you that I'm healed. Some of you may be sick. It's a great opportunity there just to pray and say, oh God, Father, Father, thank you that I'm healed in Christ Jesus. Body, soul, and spirit. Physical, emotional, and spiritual. I'm healed in every, that my mind is healed. My emotions are healed, oh God. That every cell in my body is made whole in the name of Jesus who redeems your life from the pit. It's where we remember the trials, the times we were in a mess and God delivered us, who crowns you with love and compassion. He loves me. He cares about me. And finally, who satisfies your life with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you for forgiving me, for healing me, for redeeming me, for transforming me, for blessing me. I want the worship team to come up with us for... They're going to come. Uh, when we get to the brazen altar, we remember... What Jesus done for us at the cross. And that's what communion is all about. It's what communion is all about. Communion is about remembering what Jesus has done for us at Calvary. So at this point, we're going to break bread together. Can I hear an amen? It's communion Sunday, and we're going to actually pause. We're going to stop, and we're going to remember what Jesus has done for us there at Calvary. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing. Worship team's going to lead us in a song. Um, brethren are going to distribute the emblems. I want you to hold them in your hand. And we're going to take communion together. Amen.
stand here today because of the blood of Jesus. We thank you that our sins are forgiven. We thank you for healing. Just sweep across this congregation and minister to those who are not well. Come on, church. Let's just, let's just believe for healing this morning. In Jesus' name. Body, soul, spirit. Come on, just believe for that right now. Father, we just thank you that we're healed in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you've redeemed us from the pits of God. Father, we, 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 we didn't even think we would ever be here, Lord God. But somehow you made a way crowned us with love and compassion you've blessed us and we thank you Lord Jesus we thank you that there's a day that you died on the cross for our sins and today we remember and we say thank you the Bible says the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took the bread when he had given thanks he broke it and he said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me. The bread represents the body of Christ that was given for us. Let's eat together in the name of Jesus. Same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me cup represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. The forgiveness of sin that we can have through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's drink together in the name of Jesus. Come on, just thank the Lord right where you are. Just thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Love you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. Glorify you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We could just finish off here, couldn't we? No, we still got a few steps to go, so don't, don't, don't get comfortable. <laughs> Amen. Next we have the laver. The laver was a bowl of water that was made up with mirrors. And so, so far we've got, we've, we've entered the gate with Thanksgiving. There's the, the brazen altar. We've, uh, it's where animals were sacrificed. We thank God for what Jesus has done in our life. Next was the laver. And as I said, it was a, it was a, it was a bowl of water that was made with mirrors. And this is where we offer part of our bodies, every part of our body as a living sacrifice to God. It's where we consecrate ourselves to God. Every morning we go to the mirror, we wash our face, at least I hope we do. Mirror helps us to see if there's any dirt or any new wrinkles, <laughs> any more hairs that have fallen out that have said, no, we're rebelling, we're going our own way. Uh, and the mirror helps us to see the dirt and then we, we, we wash ourselves clean. And it speaks to us not just about salvation, it speaks to us about sanctification. We are saved when we give our life to Jesus Christ. But then there's a sense where we are being saved. We are being shaped and formed to become more and more like Jesus every single day. And one day in glory, we shall be fully saved for we shall be like him. And so this is the part where we offer ourselves 
to God and we pray, cleanse me. Paul says to the Romans chapter 12, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's another aspect of worship. The aspect of worship is I offer myself as a living sacrifice to God. So it's a great opportunity to just pause and offer every part of our body to God. I offer my mind to you. Let's pray that every thought would become obedient to Jesus Christ. Paul says that this mind being you that was in Jesus Christ. Oh God, Father, I just pray that my mind would, th- would, would think thoughts that will honor you, Lord God. That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O oh God. Paul says in, in, in Philippians, is whatever is good, whatever is right, whatever is noble, uh, think about such things. I don't know about you, but for me, it's all the opposite. Whatever is bad, whatever is going wrong, they're the things I think about. Am I the only one? I'm the only one. Maybe I'm this. This is a spiritual church. I forgot. Sorry. I offer my eyes. Help me to see what you see. I pray for vision. To see what cannot be seen with natural. I pray for my mouth. I pray for my ears. I offer my hands, my heart, my knees, my feet. I give everything that I have to you. And I want to be more like Jesus every single day. It's one of the prayers I pray every day. Help me to become more like Jesus. It's also where we pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray a prayer of consecration. Kind of did this a few weeks ago, but we're going to do it as the corporate body. So I'm going to pray. I just want you to repeat the prayer after me. And let's just dive into this for a second. I know we're chopping and changing, but it's okay. Stay with me. I know you're a good congregation. You're able to work through this. But so let's just, it's a time of prayer where we consecrate ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. So I want you to pray this prayer out loud. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the prayer and then you just, you just repeat it. So Lord, I surrender my life to you present my body to you as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to you I offer my mind to you let every thought I think be obedient to Christ I offer my eyes to you help me to see what you see with my mouth. Help me to always speak words of life. With my ears. Help me to hear the voice of the Spirit. Let my heart always be inclined towards you. Use my hands for your glory. Let my knees always bow to you with my feet help me to go wherever you want me to go and search me oh God see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting by your grace and for your glory in Jesus name 
Amen. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a clap offering. Father, let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so, I pray in Jesus' name. In the holy place, there were three pieces of furniture. First was the candlestick. So we kind of move out of the outer court, and then we move into the holy place, and there were three pieces of furniture. The first was the candlestick. This is when we invite the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The candlestick would always burn in the temple. It was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us, guide us, speak to us. The Holy Spirit wants to be involved in our lives. Most of us know Jesus. We know God the Father, but we don't know God the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, the candlestick... There's a picture of the candlestick coming. The, the candlestick is a, is a, 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 was, a, was a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and it, it, it's the Holy Spirit who wants to work in our lives. And this is where we pray, fill me with your Holy Spirit. We remember, you remember the disciples were fragile, fearful, ordinary people, until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Bible says in Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel, of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. What a great prayer. Let the spirit of God rest on me. Let the spirit of wisdom and understanding rest on me. How we need the spirit of wisdom and understanding. It's not knowledge we need. It's not information we need. It's not IQ we need. It's wisdom we need. And it's this, the, the Holy Spirit is the, is, the, is, is the spirit of wisdom. And so we pray, let the spirit of wisdom come upon me. How we need the spirit of wisdom in our, in our marriages. How we need the spirit of wisdom to raise children. What parents need more than anything else. Yes, read the books. Yes, ask for advice. But ultimately, it's the spirit of wisdom we need. Lord, what do I do? I got no idea what to do. Holy Spirit, will you help me? It's the spirit of counsel on my, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Let it rest on me. It's where we pray for the fruit of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. We can pray through, oh Lord, help me to be loving and joyful and peaceful. Help me forbearance. Help me to bear with one another. Can I hear an amen? Mm. We're always praying that, that they would change just, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, discipline. I pray that the fruit of the Spirit would be outworked in my life. Pray that God will release the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. Paul said to Timothy, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. There's a, there's a, there's a flame that is inside all of us. It's, it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're a flame. And Paul says, for this reason, I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. God doesn't say, okay, every third person is going to get a gift. The other two, bad luck, you miss out. So you're going to count one, two, three. You get the gift. One, two, you miss out. Sorry, guys. Number six, you get. That's not how God works. God has given each of us gifts. We're all part of the body of Christ. We're all a piece of the body. And we pray, Lord, release those gifts. Release the anointing on my life. It's also where we pray in tongues. Are we still a Pentecostal church? I think we are. Let me think. Yep, we are. And we believe in the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a prayer language. The Bible says, Paul says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He builds himself. Thank God that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. When we don't know how to pray. 
there's all these preconceived ideas about speaking in tongues. Yeah, we're one of the tongues churches. And, and, and we, yes, we do. Yes, we do. It's just an incredible gift. It's a gift given by God to us to help us to pray when we got no idea how to pray. And 99.99999% of the time, sorry, 100% of the time, I don't know how to pray. But it's the Holy Spirit that prays through us according to the will of God. Maybe you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want you to believe for that in Jesus' name. Repent and be baptized, said Peter. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to be more conscious of the Holy Spirit. Man, if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, uh, we're speaking in tongues, I want you to seek after it like never before. Don't just say, oh, well, it's not for me. No, we don't believe that. We believe it's for everyone. This promise is for you and for everyone that is far, as a far off. It's not a gift just for some. It's a gift for everyone. Let's push through. Let's press in and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to sing a chorus uh, just now. Come on, I want you to sing it with me. Um, it's an old chorus. It's a golden oldie, but it's a powerful. Sing it with me. Let's believe that the Spirit of God is going to fill us. Come on. Spirit, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit. Believe it as you're singing it. Come on, sing it down. Worship Jesus as you sing. Come on, fill me in you. And fill me in That's it, come on. And fill me in Spirit of the Lord Full of Then there was the table of showbread, this is where we feed on the word and use it as a weapon against the enemy. Um, the table of showbread was a table that was always filled with freshly baked bread. It's Italian, Sicilian, Calabrese bread, outstanding bread. It was an encouragement to feed on the word of God and confessing the word of God, claiming the promises on using the word as a weapon against the work of the enemy. So this is kind of where we pause and we remember uh, the table of showbread. It's where we remember the power of God. Maybe God has spoken promises over our word. It's where we claim them. It's where we use the word of God to come against the enemy. Maybe you're filled with fear and we, 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 uh, we begin to go into the presence. Lord, I thank you that your word says, uh, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. 
When the enemy came against Jesus, Jesus said, it is written. Get a revelation of the word of God as a weapon against the enemy. Psalm 19 is a great uh, uh, scripture that speaks about the power of God's word. I was going to get you to read Psalm 119. I just thought it might be a little bit long, though. Can we put the scriptures up? Psalm 19, beautiful. Can we all read the scripture together? Everybody can see it? Come on, let's just read the scripture. Psalm 19. Ready? The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Okay. The precepts of the Lord Uh, the commands of the Lord. We got the next one. The commands of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned in keeping them. There is great reward. Then there was the altar of incense, and this is where we worship his name. It's where we worship God. Praise is where we thank God for what he's done. Worship is where we thank God for who he is. Best way to do that is to use the names of God. Proverbs says the name of the Lord is a fortified tower, a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are saved. Lord, I just thank you for who you are. I mean, can you understand the process of prayer here? Can you see how this can take time? Lord, I thank you for you. I thank you that you're my comforter. Maybe you're grieving. It's where we say, Lord, I thank you that you're my comforter. I thank you that you're the Prince of Peace. Maybe you're, you're, you're anxious and worried. I thank you that you're my strength. You're my provider. You're my counselor. You're wisdom. You're the God of all wisdom. I thank you that, that, uh, that you're sovereign, that you're creator. You're all-knowing, all-perfect. You're my protector. You're the Alpha and the Amiga. You're my healer. And the list goes on and on and on. You're my banner of victory. Each of the names becomes something that we can thank God for who He is. It's not praising God. Praising God is for what He has done. This is where we worship God for who He is. And then finally, we enter into the Holy of Holies. And this is where we meet with God and speak to God. It's where we pray and intercede and cry out to God for others. Paul said to Timothy, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession and thanksgiving be made uh, for all people, for kings and for those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godness and, uh, godliness and holiness. It's where you speak to God. This is where you present your needs to God. It's there where God meets with us and God begins to speak to us. It's where you intercede for family, for the church. Yes, we should pray for those in authority. I, yeah, I don't like the prime minister. I don't care if we like. The Bible encourages us to pray for our leaders. The parliament ain't going to pray for our leaders. The, the universities, are not, they're not going to pray for our leaders in the schools. It's the church that has been given the responsibility to pray for our civic leaders. Stop whinging about them. Pray for them. Now that wasn't loud enough. Stop whinging about our leaders. Let's pray for them. Give me an amen. Come on. Amen. It's where you speak to God about some decisions you need to make. Lord, I don't know if I should go left or right. Should I say yes or should I say no? It's where you speak to God and He speaks back to you. And there I will meet with you. And there I will speak to you. When you feel the presence of God... When you learn to hear the voice of the Spirit, you will be back for more. You will be back for more. 
And that would be my prayer for you. Would you stand with me? Worship team, come. I'm just going to sing a couple of songs. And I know, we're, I know we're over time. I know. I know. But I just sensed there were a lot of people got upset that we didn't worship enough at the beginning. So I just thought, oh, we better resolve this. So you're getting a couple of extra songs. I want, I want us to worship. Can you, can, you, can you see the process? We start with thanksgiving. We thank God for what He's done on the cross. Lord, cleanse me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. I worship you for who you are. And then we enter into the presence of God. That's where God begins to move and God begins to speak. And that would be my prayer for each of us today. So come on, let's worship. Maybe you've got some needs today. Why don't you just reach out to God? I believe he wants to speak to us today. Amen. We're just going to declare his worthiness here. standing in the presence of God I just want you to you build the altar I just want you to imagine you've walked through that curtain you're in the holy of place it's just you and God I just want you to speak to God about some of the things that are happening for you right now just close your eyes just so that there's no distractions I just want you to begin to speak to God what are some of those things that are heavy on your heart just bring them to him I just love you, Lord. I'm just going to pray that that depression is going to be broken in Jesus' name. It's going to be broken. It's where miracles happen. Come on. That depression is going to be broken in Jesus' name. That shame is going to be dealt with in Jesus' name. fear, that anxiety gone in Jesus' name. The prodigal shall return in the name of Jesus. The marriage will be restored by the grace of God. That finance will be released in the name of Jesus. shall be made whole in the name of Jesus. Tabernacle prayer is a model for prayer that we can use to help us, guide us through our prayer, that helps us enter into the presence of God and to know God in a deeper way. I just want to say, you know, the presence of God is not just for the elite. It's not just for the perfect. 
It's not just for some, it's for all of us. Maybe you're here today, you've never ever given your life to Jesus Christ. First step, entering into the presence of God is just opening your heart to Jesus. It's inviting Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Pastor Joe, how do I do that? The jailer asked the apostle Paul, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household shall be saved. Let's put your faith in Christ. It's opening your heart to Jesus and saying, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to serve you all the days of my life. Giving your life to Jesus begins by praying a simple prayer. It's not about the words. It's about the heart that says, Lord, just be my Lord and Savior. And as we do that, it's the first step in our journey towards the presence of God. And I pray that you would do that today in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for your word today. You're amazing, God. You're amazing. And I just pray that as we walk out of this place, something's going to shift inside of us. And that we're going to use this pattern to help us enter in to your presence in a greater and a deeper way. And as a result of that, we're going to see a move of God amongst us as a church that we have never seen before. By your grace and for your